Dear readers, welcome to episode three of the Eldest Daughter Film Society. Today, we're going to be talking about season two of Bridgerton. Um, can you kick us off with a summary? Absolutely. So in season one, we follow the love story of Daphne Bridgerton. Now we've moved on to her eldest brother, and we love an eldest sibling on this podcast, whose name is Anthony. And we're going to be learning all about his love story with Kate, who is also an eldest daughter. So really, we have a lot of great synergy happening for us specifically. Yeah, so Kate comes to London? Yeah. Question mark? <laughs> London with her mom, Mary, and her sister, Edwina Sharma. And they are here to find a match for Edwina. And Edwina ends up being the diamond of the season. And it so happens that Antony is also looking for his perfect Viscountess. So as you can imagine, uh, Antony and Edwina seem to be the perfect match for each other on paper. They seem to be perfect for each other. But then there's this attraction that Antony develops with Kate. They have a ton of chemistry. They're very um, much the start of an enemy to lovers trope. Very classic. Um except for the fact, of course, that Antony is engaged to marry her sister. So time goes on. They encounter some trials and tribulations, and spoiler, they end up together. So we're going to dive into this beautiful show and this amazingly written season and talk about our feelings, especially with two eldest siblings as a romantic leads. We're very excited about this one. We are super excited about it. So let's let's talk about Kate because she is, you know, as a neighbor podcast suggests, special affinity for eldest daughters. Tell us what's going on with Kate Sharma. So Kate is a very headstrong, uh, righteous. So Kate and Edwina are half siblings. They share a dad who has now passed away and is a lower class man. So when Mary married him, she was completely disowned and shunned by her family. Now, they're extremely wealthy and they're willing to give Edwina a trust fund so long as she marries someone who they approve of. So that is why Kate is so hell-bent on finding her a really worthy match in terms of uh, status and wealth and all of these other things so that Edwina and her mom can have access to this fortune. So it's a classic eldest daughter putting the weight of the world on her shoulders case here. And that's why she's not focused on herself, even though she's the older daughter and she's unmarried. She's focused on her sister to find a really good match. And the thing about Kate is that sometimes her actions can be pretty unreasonable. But for a fellow eldest daughter, it's like, it's very clear to us that what she is doing is what any eldest daughter would do. And so her commitment to protecting Edwina and protecting her stepmom, Mary, and arranging this match for Edwina is just like entirely practical, makes a ton of sense. And yet underneath all of that, she also just like desperately wants Edwina to be happy. She does want Edwina to find love. She really, really wants Edwina to like find this combination of like wealth and status, but also just someone who will like treat Edwina the way that Kate knows that her sister deserves to be treated. Yes, so true. She is very protective of Edwina. And you can see that from the beginning. Like She's almost like a second parent to Edwina. Um, and so, or third, I guess, parent <laughs> to Edwina. And so 
that relationship is very clear and the protective nature is also why we the enemies part of her enemies to lover relationships with Antony actually starts because going into Antony a little bit he's not the most likable person when you first get to know him he's extremely serious and he's um very matter of fact like when he's looking for a countess, he's not looking for love he doesn't believe in love he wants to find someone who will help him manage his business like build a family build their estate and kate is very critical of this because she wants edwina to find true love and a romance and again the thing about anthony is that his decisions again are not always rational but we fully understand them because we understand that he has experienced so much trauma from being the eldest sibling in the case of his father passing away at a young age anthony has you know seven younger siblings he has a mom who you know currently is doing fine but when their dad first passed away his mom was essentially incapacitated and had just given birth to another baby so anthony is like very much again like carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders and it's been really hard for him to become the man of the house and the leader of the family and all this stuff and like all these different areas um all while you know not processing his own grief from seeing his father die in front of him right that's incredibly traumatic for yeah. anyone and then obviously the aftermath so Kate and Anthony have this in common because they're just both really like carrying these burdens on their shoulders and even in, in Kate's case you know her you said that she's kind of like a second or a third parent to Edwina I would even say she's like the primary parent for Edwina because <laughs> I mean, their dad yeah. passed away and Mary, um, you know, Kate and Vino's mom is like pretty hands off. Like she's like extremely kind, very sweet, but she's not the kind of mom who is like, like a Mrs. Bennett type who is like super like proactive and getting in there and like trying to make everything work. She's kind of just like sitting back and letting Kate handle this stuff. So that's such yeah. a great point. Yeah. And they both at first seem like very harsh people and as the as you learn more about their background and what they've had to go through especially Antony because obviously we don't see Kate at all in season one seeing Antony in season one he's extremely unlikable and he's quite rude to a lot of people and you're wondering <laughs> how could this tool ever find love and then we <laughs> learn about his trauma and everything he's had to go through he sees his dad die in front of his eyes via beasting a dad who he like really admired who is his role model who he loves very deeply and and then you see how that has built up this barrier that he carries as he walks through the world of stoicism of of anger which is so tragic to to see that flashback that shows that evolution and how he turns from like this like normal happy kid into someone who has to carry this burden honestly and it's like one of those things like you said like his it was thrust upon him and he had no choice but to take on this responsibility at that time. Yeah. And like you said, in season one, we're like, how is this tool ever going to find love? <laughs> and then like, you see his backstory and you're like, I get it. Like, I will love you, Anthony. I do love you. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> um, yeah. And again, with Kate, yeah, we don't, we don't get those flashbacks to like, you know, Kate's own father or you know, her childhood or whatever, but in everything that she does and the way she talks and the way she moves, the way she acts, it's very, very evident, like how much responsibility she's carrying at every moment and how calculated she has to be. Cause she knows that, you know, her family is at risk and she knows that she is the one who's going to step up and make things happen. Like her sister and her mom aren't really the ones taking on that responsibility. 
yeah, that that's such a great point. She is very poised. She is very calculated. And not just in the way she carries herself, but in the way she, like, instructs Edwina to act as well. Like, we remember, you know, the famous falling into the lake scene where she's like, it's not polite to stare. She's always, like, on guard for those moments, right? And then proceeds to stare herself. But that's, like, a whole other thing. But, like... It just, like, goes to show that, like, it's not just herself who she's, like, keeping an eye out for it every single moment. It's also her sister and her family and their honor and, like, the fact that, well, they have, like, the means to go on. And so that's very eldest sibling of both of them. Yeah. And, I mean, Anthony, at least, like, he has a lot to deal with, but his position is, like, kind of set, right? Like, he's a Viscount. His family has a ton of money. They have this, like, giant, beautiful house and the respect of their neighbors and all that. The case (laughs) position is, like, way more precarious. Like financially and also just like you know they're coming here from india i mean bridgerton you know kind of plays with very full bit so it's not necessarily about the fact that they're south asian but it is about the fact that they're like from a different country and are you know haven't outsiders to the community exactly yeah they're they're from outside the ton <laughs> and <laughs> so she has to be like so precise but i love the glimpses we get up there like real people who are capable of like humor sometimes like Kate loved her dog Kate loves Newton <laughs> and and Anthony really loves his siblings he is so close to all of them obviously he throughout the season we see him building some self-awareness about how his harsh demeanor has affected some of his relationships especially with his younger brothers who like obviously yearn for some kind of closeness with him but can't get to it because he's so serious and busy and working all the time but I think beneath all of that he does really love his siblings and have a closeness to all of them and you see that playfulness in him too very slightly but you see it no for sure um and again with you know everything that Anthony and Kate have gone through with their families I thought one of the one of the best moments of the show was towards the end when Kate is just sort of like crying to Mary, to her stepmom. And she's just like, you know, like I've messed everything up. Like this is all my fault. And Mary is like, you don't like, it's not like you had to like earn your place in this family. It's not like you had to earn my love or we need love or anything. Like we love you regardless. Like whatever happens, whether you learn quote, like mess up or don't mess up, whether you fulfill like what you think or you're like, responsibilities and honor all of that like we love you anyway and that's like such an incredible message for any elder sibling to hear but especially Kate who has been carrying this for so long and like like you said has to be really poised and like walk that line perfectly all the time yeah that was such a beautiful moment and such a great lesson to learn I mean obviously like you can't be like horrible to your family but like you don't have to (laughs) like carry burdens or like carry responsibilities or like lift everyone up at all the time like you can just be there you can just exist and take in the love and give love and that's it and it was a very important lesson for Kate to learn and for all of us to be reminded of yeah I legit cried in that scene like there were tears running down my face it was great yeah um I mean Anthony definitely deserves that kind of um you know, I don't know if I'd call it an apology, but that kind of, like, conversation with his parents as well. I think, like, his mom did say something to him. Um, I can't remember exactly, like, how accountable she was in that moment, but she definitely was like, I, like, left you to take this all on, and 
I think there is like a little bit of her starting to take accountability for the role she played in it, which like, you know, isn't her fault. We talked about this in the To All the Boys I Loved Before episode two, where like, it's like not really like the fault of anyone that these things happen sometimes like that's just the circumstance of life but you can also acknowledge that that happened and like you played a role in it and that's also important for healing and for people to understand especially the children in the family right when these things happen when you're so young it's so much more impactful so hearing that hearing that acknowledgement is huge and so it was really nice to see both Kate and Anthony get this kind of redemption through the course of the show yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I love the way you put that because so much of the show is about like Anthony and Kate trying to be the role models for their siblings. And we forget that they also do their role models from their parents to role model these things like accountability and apologies and, you know, taking on burdens together instead of trying to do it all alone. Yeah. So those are some really great moments. And we, we love Anthony's mom for the record. We love Violet Bridgerton. And we know that she was going through a lot. We're not mad at her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can just really appreciate those times when she's able to be like, yeah, I was really struggling and you stepped up and that was really hard for you. Yeah. Agreed. So, so can, uh, I was going to say Cantony. I guess that is their ship name. <laughs> Cantony. <laughs> the Cantony relationship um, has... Um, you know, a lot of, first of all, a lot of very immediate, very evident chemistry. Tell us what yes. you felt when you saw them on screen together. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for asking me. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting all my life. I've been waiting months <laughs> for someone to ask me this. Okay, so first of all, I think one of the things that I just truly love about them is like we talked so much about how they have they both have this really hard shell built up they both have to carry so much and they're both so serious in most parts of their life but and especially Anthony right he's so rigid and serious as with with Kate you see a little bit more of that softer side especially when she's with Atlanta but Anthony is so serious all the time but he is so taken with Kate that he cannot control himself. Like, he's just, like, those little smirks, those little smiles, those little glances. Like, this person who has spent so much of his life trying to be so so stoic and serious in every moment just can't help himself anymore. He's just, like, giggling and smiling and cheesing it up. Like, it's so cute to see that. Like, he's so overwhelmed with this emotion to find someone who's, like, finally his equal in so many ways someone who has a very similar experience to him and their chemistry is like also built on like intelligence and wit and like finally being able to like you know let yourself loose in some ways around someone who who gets it and and yeah I think those are like my like overwhelming feelings about it I could talk about this for hours but what were your thoughts how did you feel I, I think overwhelming is a great word for it I also felt very overwhelmed and just like oh my god look at them like they're just finally having fun like it's I mean I think you put it perfectly they're finally like letting loose and like getting to have an equal and um like that like that moment when Anthony falls into the lake and you know first of all obviously like Anthony is hot like we all acknowledge that and appreciate it of course and also just like the sheer like ridiculousness and like adorableness of like Kate is like staring at him and like not being able to help herself and 
And like you said earlier, she's like, Edwina, like, it's not polite to stare, but like, she can't help herself. Like, she is just so smitten with him as well. And so both of them are just like, letting loose in all these ways, even though they're like, trying to resist it. There is someone who, like, there was like a, a tweet or something about like, um, it was like a screenshot of like, Anthony at like, dinner at one point with like, both of their families. And he's just like, looking at Kate over like, the rim of his wine glass. And the look that he's giving and the, the, the person who tweeted this, I'm sorry, I don't remember their handle or anything, but was just like, he really did that, like in front of everyone, like at dinner, like in front of everyone's food and he's just looking it's at her that way. So inappropriate. Like, so yeah. inappropriate. I just watched a TikTok <laughs> compilation in preparation for this episode of him stealing glances at her and none of those glances are safe for work let me tell you like no it is just wild out there the okay the amount of um compilations on instagram and tiktok of like their abuse moments that to taylor swift song has really been like a highlight of my year and maybe of my <laughs> life like just i don't know they're they're incredible we yeah love, but Anyway, so their chemistry is just phenomenal. And then the parts when it becomes more serious, it kind of hits you in your feelings even more because you see them like get all like kind of smitten and like you can't resist paying attention to each other. Like in that moment when they're walking in the forest and Anthony like gets the glimpse of Kate's leg, he's like losing his mind. <laughs> like those are like the really fun moments. But then sometimes there are like these more serious moments that are also just like, they really get in your feelings, right? Like yeah. the bee sting scene. Yeah, I think the bee sting scene is so amazing because like, yes, there's like that physical component to it where they're like touching each other. But I think what's more important is what I mentioned earlier about how they've both had to like take care of other people for so long. And in this moment, it's like a very literal manifestation of Kate taking care of him in a moment of trauma that has actually precipitated all of these like responsibilities and burdens that he's had to carry for so long. So his, just as a reminder, his father passed away because of a bee sting and Kate gets stung by a bee and he essentially has like a panic attack in response to this and Kate just calms him down. And first she's like annoyed. She's like, why do you even care? And then she realizes that he's having this reaction and she just like holds him and like mm -hmm. lets him hold her and just like helps him breathe through it. And it's like, wow, finally someone to take care of Antony, someone who's like on my level, who can like recognize when someone needs that comfort and support and someone who could provide it in a way that is actually meaningful to the other person. And like that, that just illustrates how they're both able to be caretakers in an equal way and help heal the trauma of being an eldest sibling that they both had to deal with for so long. Yeah, 100%. I I loved how they how Kate took care of Anthony in that scene and how vulnerable he was and yeah. I mean the fact that she did it without even like knowing the context right like at this point exactly. she doesn't know that his dad died of a bee sting but all he all she knows is that he's having this panic attack and for whatever reason he's really worried about her and he is just like spiraling and she knows how to like be there with him in the moment and just like comfort him. And then later, when she does find out that his dad died of a bee sting, you see that realization in her face where she's just like, I, like, she realizes what it meant to be there for him in that moment and how, yeah. and 
it's just like so beautiful. I mean, I, I love it. They're such equals. They take such good care of each other. And the basting scene is just such a good encapsulation of that. And I, okay, I feel like I've seen a lot of like tweets and stuff about like, oh, Kate and Anthony are always just like hovering close to each other's faces and just like putting their mouths near each other's mouths. And like, I think it's true, but it's not a bad thing. Like, I thought that scene was like really beautifully done. And the, you just like with the camera work and everything, you just like get in there so close to them and you feel his panic and you feel her yeah. like calming him. I thought it was you great. You feel so immersed in that moment. Like you feel like you're there. You can understand the gravity of it. I thought everything about that scene was great. And I loved And then afterward, they like run, right? Like they just like are so overcome by their feelings about what just happened combined with like those feelings that they already had for each other. And they just like physically cannot like face up to it. Like they just run and like collapse. And that was, again, like, so well done. Because you really feel it. You really, really feel their chemistry. Yeah. Um, um, and another thing I'm really obsessed with is when the Sheffield, so Edwina's mom's family, like, the rich family who had, like, arranged this, like, condition on Edwina's marriage, they come to dinner. So their family and the Bridgerton family are all having dinner together. And the Sheffields are, like, incredibly rude, and they're insulting Kate's father, and they're just insulting Kate, and just, like, all this, like, horrible stuff they're seeing. And Anthony, like, knows exactly what it means to have your family be, like, hurt or threatened by someone in that way, to have your honor threatened that way, to feel like what you've been doing for your family isn't good enough, right? Because really that's what the Sheffields are, like, attacking, is, like, Kate essentially and being, like, yeah, making her feel like she's not good enough. All the work she's been doing isn't enough. And he gets up and he yells at them. He's just like, you're not invited to the wedding anymore. You have to get out. You're leaving. You're being incredibly rude. This family is great. We accept them wholeheartedly. And that is such an amazing, validating, cathartic moment for me. Yeah, it's like, finally, after all these years of like, having to shoulder this burden by yourself. This is Antony doing a very literal manifestation of like helping Kate with her trauma. Obviously in this case, like he kind of fumbled the bag because like <laughs> now the trust fund is gone. <laughs> but, like, but it's still like emotionally, like finally so validating to have someone stand up on your behalf and not have to do everything yourself or just like endure that and just, have being seen and being acknowledged that this like horrible thing is happening and so we see that they both like you know beasting and sheffield's dinner in those in both of those scenes that they each like see each other's traumas and like like step up for them in the ways that they need in ways that no one else is especially in that scene right because like her mom is there like there's so many other people in that scene and no one else is saying anything mm -hmm. and so it's very clear that in that moment like Antony is the only one who sees her and is willing to like step up yeah and it's hot it's really hot that he does yeah. that like yeah it is love. really hot it was I mean again huge moment for eldest daughter projection because it was so fun and like so touching and I think I almost cried in that scene too maybe I did actually cry a little bit just exactly like you said just being like oh you don't have to know yourself maybe there is someone who sees that you're hurting and steps up to protect you and they understand what it's like for you 
it actually reminded me a lot of Pride and Prejudice and just the way that, you know, obviously Darcy in the beginning had some issues, but by the time we get to the part where Darcy is like, you know, taking care of the Wickham situation and all of that, like helping yeah. with Lydia, Darcy is no longer in this position where he's like, oh, your family is embarrassing and terrible. He's just like, I get it. Like sometimes family is hard and I'm just going to try to help. And he doesn't make Lizzie feel like embarrassed or bad about her family. And same thing with Anthony. He's not like, oh my God, who are these people that you like brought to have dinner with us? He's just like, no, they suck. And you don't deserve <laughs> what's happening to you. Yeah. I love that comparison. It's a big deal to not make the person feel embarrassed or ashamed or like, like this is like another thing I have to add to my like burden of like feelings right now, like that I like inconvenience this family by bringing all these people here like no that's not part of it at all yeah <laughs> and and that's part of like the um of them finding like an equal right is someone who's not going to yeah. be like oh man like another burden is with someone who's like i get it and what if hear me out what if we put down our burdens and we try to be happy <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh so cute it's so wonderful and aspirational and I really I love that because they both deserve that they really both deserve a partner who can be there for them yeah yeah okay so we have to talk about Anthony's speech right like the speech like you said earlier like the fact that they both have this playful side makes these moments where he's so sincere and heartfelt hit even harder because you know that it's coming from a place of like real authenticity and real emotion because that's not how he always talks especially to her i'm assuming you mean the speech of you are the bane of my existence and the object of my desires <laughs> what other speech could there be in the universe like i'm convinced no other speech matters <laughs> you make some good points <laughs> <laughs> like whatever jfk ask not <laughs> Whatever other famous speeches there are, you know, we learned Abraham about him, Lincoln. Like, who? Yeah, no more Gettysburg address. <laughs> Sorry, Abe. <laughs> um, but it's just, I mean, that whole scene is so intense. And because you've been feeling it building throughout the season, their chemistry has been building those yeah. looks at each other. Um, the little moments where they have fun with each other and like let loose combined with the moments where they have those like intense like I'm just looking at you and I care so much about you but I can't figure out the why yearning. the yearning and then they're just having this argument and Kate's like I'm going to India like I'm leaving after all of this and he's just like it's not far enough like there is nowhere on this earth where you can go where I will be free from this torment and I cried during that scene. It was it was so good. And and in the camera in that scene, the the switch from like rotating behind her head when he's like, You are the bane of my existence. And then we switch around to the other side of his face and the object of all my desires. I mean just just beautiful. I'm honestly tearing up just thinking about it. Our poor Anthony is so is so sick in the head. He's like, he's like, 
<laughs> I can't get her out. He's like overcome with emotion. Like for the first time in so long, he's been able to like fully feel and fully like dive into this to this thing that's for him and not for anyone else. And it's it's again another thing he can't have. Like And for the record, neither of us are doing justice to Jonathan Bailey's actual delivery of this scene, which was so good because it was like actually really subtle while also being really intense. Like the yearning was like yeah. packed in in such a way that like you saw it in his eyes and you heard it in his voice, even though he was kind of like half whispering. It's like almost angry, but you can tell he's not angry at Kate. He's angry at the fact that he's yearning so much. I he's just such an incredible actor. Like I'm obsessed. Yeah, I I was just about to say that I think like. Also, like, the chemistry was so good. It's, like, all kudos to the act- actors, like, Simone Ashley and Jonathan Bailey, because I I really felt the electricity at every moment, the, the yearning in every moment, and I don't know, I, especially Jonathan Bailey, like, his little glances and looks and smirks, like, this is one for the ladies, like, yeah. it was yeah. so fun to watch this. Yeah, exactly. It was so fun to watch it. I mean... Yeah, Johnny Bailey is just, like, so good at those little, like, subtle moments and just, like, mm-hmm. you can tell that he's thought really deeply about, like, every part of his character and, like, this story arc because everything he does is just infused with, like, who Anthony is. Um, and it's perfect because you see the evolution so well because it's, like, you see him being all mean and unlikable. You see him becoming more kind of, like, fun. You see him in these moments of yearning. And then by the end, when he finally, you know, when Kate and Anthony have, like, accepted their love for each other and all of that, you see all those different parts of him kind of, like, finally coming together. He can, like, be his whole self. Like, another theme I'm absolutely obsessed with is um, at the, the final ball where he just kind of comes up to Kate. Kate has just recovered from an injury that was, you know, pretty serious, yeah. like, and she's very relieved that she's alive. They're seeing each other again for the first time, although they haven't decided to, like, get married yet. Um, they think this is going to be, like, their last dance. And he's, like, not, like, um, what's the word? He's not, like, being emo about it, right? Like, he's just, he's settled into this more, like, relaxed version of himself where he, like, accepts that he loves Kate. He has, like, had his talk with his mom about, like, you know, his place in the family and all of that. He's just very, like, relieved, and he's just kind of trying to, like, enjoy it and, like, be happy and, like, show Kate how much he loves her, and he's, like, hold up yeah. his fingers for her, and it's, like, how many fingers am I holding up? And she's, like, three, and then he, like, switches around her, and, like, nope, four, and he does this little, like, wink, and it's, it's hard to describe. You nice know, to see him in it. his full form. You know, he was his angry little cocoon <laughs> for this entire time, and then, like, with, like, being exposed to the whole, like, this is what love could be. He's like breaking out of it. And now he's like his beautiful little silly butterfly with his four fingers. Yeah. <laughs> he's just doing his little smirk and he's just like winking and because he's blossom exactly. He's like come out of his cocoon and he's like, I'm just going to be here and like, I love this woman and I'm just going to play around and like, I'm sure it's all like very weird for siblings to watch also because they're like, <laughs> where is this like playful Anthony coming from? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's a great transition into one of our other favorite discussion topics, the role of family. Um, I think this one's really interesting because of like 
the eldest sibling dynamics we already talked about, where they both love their families, but they are both like, you know, tired and resentful of the responsibilities they carry. What what did you think about family? Were there any moments that stood to you? I really like how you put that because they love their family so deeply. And the being tired and resentful is not like tired and resentful of their family, it's of their responsibilities. So I'm like so glad you made that distinction. Because sometimes even like as elder siblings, we can mix those things up and be like, I'm so frustrated with my sibling or my parent or whatever. But really, it's not. Sometimes it is that. <laughs> Usually like. <laughs> yeah, like let's not get carried away. Yeah, sometimes not, people be annoying. <laughs> let's be clear. Our families can sometimes be uh, frustrating in their own right. But often the resentment that builds up is resentment because we feel like we have to like put aside parts of ourselves in order to care for other people. And what we really resent is that burden that we keep having to carry or that we feel like we you know, always need to carry. Um, and so I really love that the show made that point as well, that like they love their families, but also they don't need to be like martyrs for their families. You know, their families don't want that for them. Families work fast yes. when everyone is like living fully and being themselves and like not trying to make themselves into like martyrs to like take care of everyone else. Yeah. And like Daphne straight up tells him that, which I, I was really impressed with that because I did not see that depth in her character personally in season Same. one. And I'll, <laughs> I'll get to my qualms with season one a little <laughs> bit later. But like, she was very insightful and astute in this season. First of all, she was like noticing like the chemistry between him and Kate. And she also was like, we don't like you like this. Like, we don't want you to be like angry, stoic, serious, responsible Antony. We want our brother Antony. And that really made an impact on him and made him like reevaluate how he is around his family and all that he's losing out by like not fully participating and like being present with them. Yeah, exactly. And and the show hits such a good balance of like showing how hard it is to be in Antony's position or Kate's position, but mm-hmm. also showing that it's a, you know, it's a two-way relationship or I mean, in Anthony's kids, like an eight way, like back nine, sixteen. <laughs> but the show does such a good job of being like elder siblings are not saints, but sometimes they are really misunderstood. Like, as with everyone, they have things they're good at and things they struggle with. Um, yep. And and so the fact that when Anthony and Kate finally do admit their feelings and get together it's because Anthony explicitly is like let's just finally do something for ourselves like yeah forget our family forget everyone else I love you I want you we're here right now let's do something for ourselves yeah and another like amazing lesson and tying into the theme of you know eldest siblings are not martyrs no one wants you to be a martyr. It's not good for you. It's not good for anyone you think you're helping in those situations. Um, it's actually like harmful for everyone. So just do what makes you feel happy. Like obviously within reason. <laughs> <laughs> but like that way you'll be a better person and a better uh, family member. And Kate and Anthony are like, I mean, the, the story is enemies to lovers, but it's not because they're super different. It's actually because they're like, really really alike because they both have this like very specific family background and so like they actually can't accept their love for each other and like you know 
engage in this like healthy relationship until they learn that until they learn like what you were just talking about that yeah being a martyr doesn't serve them either and it certainly doesn't serve their siblings or their parents like they they're not able to like engage with each other in that way until they're like okay I have to deal with my shit and understand that I've been living my life in service of other people to like a really ridiculous extent and I have to reflect on that (laughs) Kate learns that lesson in an even more difficult way because what would have happened if like Edwina and Antony actually got married? She would have either like had not been able to have a relationship with her sister. Her sister would have been married to someone who like didn't really love her. And so no one wins in this situation. Edwina's just like in the dark. And so I think we learned that when Edwina starts taking control of the situation, and is like, actually, this is my decision. I will be deciding if we're getting married or not. Like, how could you mislead me like this? That evolution was also really cool because up until that point, she was very much like the stereotypical trope of like a demure, like listening to doing what she's told South Asian woman that you often see. And then seeing her step up, that was like so awesome because she also is saying, I am not the naive, innocent person who doesn't know what's going on. I actually like want to be control of my own life with my own relationships and you can't keep hiding things from me. And Kate learns, like you said earlier, that like their relationship is not one way. It needs to be like a two-way street. And yeah, and then they can rely on each other, right? They can like genuinely be sisters who are there for each other instead of it being you know, a one-way street, like you said. Um, also, just the fact that, like, all this pressure that Kate and Anthony put on themselves to be, like, perfect role models for their siblings, and that gets turned on its head, too, because if Edwina did what Kate was doing, Edwina would also be miserable. Like, yeah, it, it, that would suck. And if, like, all the Bridgerton and siblings copied Anthony, that would suck for them, too. Like, and, you know, Kate and Anthony are allowed to be people. Like, they're not, like, terrible elder sibling just because they're real and human and sometimes they mess up it's actually really valuable for their sibling to see that and to be able to like understand that that's part of life too such a great point we want holistic nuanced role models we don't want perfect flawless people because that's not real no and one of the things that I really, really also love about Anthony and Kate's relationship is that because they, like, each have this family background of being this elder sibling and, like, you know, pretty tough situations, they really understand where the other person is coming from in a way that, like, no one else does. And that means mm-hmm. that they can also just, like, stand up for each other and, like, protect each other and kind of, in, like, in the beast thing, theme, like, care for each other in these ways that, like, no one else in their lives can care for that. Or even, like, no one else in their lives, like, knows that they need to be cared for in that yeah, way, right? Yeah, Um, And... They just and haven't <laughs> let their guard down around many people in their life, but they feel comfortable enough with each other to do so. Exactly. It also reminded me of a, um, a co-star notification I got several weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like... I don't have a screenshot pulled up, but it was something along the lines of, like, you won't be happy with someone who doesn't know how to take care of themselves. And I was like, thanks, co-star. You're actually absolutely right this time. Like, so true. <laughs> co-star is really on board with the eldest daughter agenda. Yeah. Um, 
Which is, yeah, I mean, Kate and Anthony are never going to be like, oh, like, I resent my partner because my partner is not willing to step up. If anything, they're going to be like, I need to help my partner do less. Yeah. Actually just, like, rest and do something for themselves. I'm like, that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love them so much. I love them so much. Their relationship is gorgeous, beautiful, emotionally. We love it. We're obsessed with their chemistry. We're also really obsessed with the general aesthetic of the show and how beautiful it is and like the way all of that tells this story. Can we talk about the uh, music? Oh my gosh. I love the music in season one too, especially like We Are Both Swifties. So the Wildest Dreams cover mm-hmm. changed our lives. Um, <laughs> but I really love that they had covers of famous Bollywood songs like Kami Kushi Kami Gum. Mm-hmm. And the way they like incorporated like Indian jewelry mm-hmm. or Daisy jewelry into like their costumes. And nothing was a full Daisy outfit, but just like the influence and the style of it bringing in that culture was really beautiful and I thought really intentional and well done um because it felt like we had like some representation without it you know taking the show to like a completely different world it was really beautifully done like subtle but really meaningful like moments like um you know Kate putting oil on her sister's hair like things like that were just like really woven in so well um and the, the Bollywood covers were great um I also just, I will say that when I saw the wedding scene and I heard the instrumental cover of Sign of the Times by Harry Styles, <laughs> and also, let's just add in here, we are also obsessed with Harry Styles. We we are. Love Harry Styles. <laughs> and I, I heard this cover, I said, we just walking down the aisle, and I was like, oh my god, this is like, if I had a Pinterest board for my wedding, this would be like the number one just like the aesthetic not even just visually but like the feeling of that song playing and like such an interesting choice because it's not a conventional love song by any means but it's just this kind of perfect thing for Kate and Anthony it's not perfect yeah. for for Anthony and Edwina it's perfect for Anthony and Kate and it's just like the, the music is so beautiful and the drama of it I, I just had to like stop and pause it and like rewind it and like go back through I don't think I appreciated that scene enough because I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't really, you know, savor it the way that you did. So I'm going to go back and rewatch it after we record this. I, but. You don't even have, just like go find the instrumental cover and just listen to it and imagine yourself going about like any significant event in your life with that playing in the background. And that would be sufficient. Okay. Okay. I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> Also, Wrecking Ball, the Wrecking Ball cover in the final dance scene. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I also think, like, it was really interesting to see, like, the impact on culture. Like, Facebook groups and stuff, I've seen people asking for, like, do you know where they would get that kind of jewelry uh, that the UC in Bridgerton? Or, like, people ask for, like, those kinds of outfits. And I, one of my friends got married recently. I wasn't invited to the wedding, but I saw on Instagram <laughs> that her... Mandy was Bridgerton themed and then I see like a few other like acquaintances also doing the same thing and it's like really beautiful to see this aesthetic that feels very made for us for Daisy girls 
also like casting like two dark-skinned women who are so beautiful and are seen as so attractive and, and desirable. I think like this is the kind of representation we need. Like, I don't really care if Kamala Harris is, <laughs> is Indian, but like what I do care about is like media showing us in this like holistic and beautiful way. And so I think that's why like so many Daisy girls are so drawn to it because we don't see a lot of that, especially for like darker skinned Daisy women in popular media. I totally agree. It felt so refreshing and and just like the fact that they were allowed to be like real human beings and like I think they really did avoid like tropes and stereotypes and like yep. you know, I think they did such a good job of like weaving it all together and like yeah, it was it was beautiful. We did it, Joe. <laughs> finally Bridgerton as a whole and the evolution of the show it's like so interesting because it's about like the eight siblings so we see a lot of the same characters over and over again obviously we didn't see Simon this season so that sucked um, but I'll be okay thanks for asking <laughs> we had we had Johnny though we I mean if anything we had more screen time available for us to ogle Johnny so a blessing in disguise. That's true. That's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, what are your thoughts on the evolution of the show as a whole and like subplots we care about? And neither of us really liked season one all that much. Like we enjoyed the aesthetics and we enjoyed that it yeah. was like a fun show. Um, but we didn't really feel like connected to the central love story. I guess like my main qualms with it were like, I just didn't really like Daphne that much. I, like, didn't really, she just seemed, like, really annoying, which, I don't know, maybe there's, like, a little bit of, like, internalized misogyny there, but, like, I didn't really see a lot of depth to her character. I saw a lot more in this season, which is why I was, like, so shocked that she was, like, giving Antony good advice. I didn't really see the chemistry between her and Simon. I thought the sex was gratuitous. I don't know. Once you decide that you don't like the romantic leads and it's a romance, it's kind of hard to enjoy the rest of the show. Love the music, aesthetics, everything. Also, on since you brought it up, the sex was definitely not gratuitous this season, and that was like definitely the right call. Like the buildup was perfect. Yeah. When they finally did have sex, it was like a perfect mix of like, oh my god, they're like both such beautiful people, but also just like the emotional intensity. Like it was so well done. Yeah, and it felt, like, really, like, intimate and not just, like, two, like, 40 teenagers doing it for the first time, which is kind of the vibe you got all of season one. We, we really enjoyed Daffy a lot more in this season than we did in season one. Um, yeah. In terms of subplots, like, I don't know, you know how I feel about Eloise. <laughs> I just, like, really don't like spending all that much time with her. I do feel like probably when her season comes around, the writers will, like, do what they did with Anthony and they'll, like, make Eloise mm. much more, like, interesting and likable. My thing with Eloise is, like, I think that she's kind of just, like, I know she lives, what is it, like, the 1800s? Is that the, is that the century of the 60s? Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. But, like, everything she said is just, like, women do their rights. Yes, girls should realize this. And I'm, like, yes. I know. I believe that too, Eloise. <laughs> I am tired of hearing it from your mouth all the time. And that's all you ever say. Um, and I just like don't find a lot of like depth. I think she's kind of like one note. Yeah. I think like 
the side character that really surprised me was Portia Featherington. Mm. I like really didn't like her, which I think is the point at the in like season one, the beginning of season two. She just feels like really fake and status hungry and like a social climber. Maybe I should give her some leniency in general for that because it's like, you know, it's the 1800s probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you live is like social climbing. But she seemed very Mrs. Bennett to me. So I didn't like hate her or anything, but I was just like, uh. and then as the season goes on and she ends up like deceiving Lord Featherington for her girls, I was blown away by that. I love characters that are loyal and and also smart and cunning at the end of the day she's just like an amazing mother who will do anything for her daughters and the only person who got hurt was this like conniving man and so i'm a huge fan unexpectedly a huge fan of portia i totally agree she really surprised me and i love that and we don't care about conniving men we're happy to see them fail so we're we all so happy to see them fail <laughs> and then also obviously penelope Featherington. I. Again, not everything she does is like the best decision or like the most ethical decision, but I love her anyway. Like she has strong eldest daughter energy. Like, and I love the parallels between her and Portia, between her and her mom, where they're both just like willing to do whatever it takes to fight for their independence and their survival. Yeah. I kind of love that Penelope just like figured out how to take like the traits that the ton tells her are like her undesirable traits like the fact that she's shy and like quiet and like all of that and yeah just, like, I'm gonna observe people I'm gonna roast all of you I felt like whatever about Eloise yeah she's like a little annoying but I think like all teenage girls kind of can be at some points but I found it really frustrating the way that she like also looks over Penelope mm-hmm. and I feel like it makes me actually dislike her because she's like not that great of a friend she can be like very self-centered she's been on the hunt for like lady whistledown for so long and she's overlooked the person who she spends the most time with because she's also guilty of the same thing that makes penelope so successful as lady whistledown so i think like that is something that i like legitimately dislike about eloise and she finally sees that at the end of season two so we'll end it on a cliffhanger I'm actually really excited for season three and for Penelope's story because the combination of like Eloise finding out plus like obviously, you know, whatever they're going to do with her and Colin, I'm actually really looking forward to because we have seen Penelope be overlooked so much over the first two seasons and I'm really ready for her to finally like get her moment in the spotlight and like have her time to like grow and like be loved and be and, like. After season one, I was just like, I mean, I'm going to watch all of Bridgerton because like it's fun, but I wasn't like, you know, looking forward to it. But after like the magic of season two, I'm so excited for season three and so excited to see how they evolve Penelope's character in the same way that they did with Antony. It like really surprised me in the best way possible. And I think I read somewhere that the writers like did that intentionally, right? Like, even with like Antony's like costumes and like his weird facial hair, like everything in season one, like. They were, like, setting us up. They were gaslighting us. I'm me up to be gaslit. I had a great time. <laughs> Babe, thank you so much for being with us as we talk about all things Cantony. We loved their love story. We loved the, the, the sweetness, the yearning, the humor, how hot it was. And also, we genuinely felt like we learned and grew as eldest siblings from watching their evolution. We like, did. We really did get a lot out of it. Like, I think I'm a better eldest sibling 
because of the lessons that Kate and Anthony learned. I don't know if I'm a better eldest sibling, but those lessons are in my head for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, maybe the someday they'll translate to my actions. <laughs> the execution for me also is maybe a little, a little shady, but you know, we'll maybe we'll get there. <laughs> someday <laughs> we will. <laughs> but we just we love Cantonese so 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 much. So thank you so much to the writers of Bridgerton, to Shonda Rhimes, to Julia Quaid who wrote the original Bridgerton books, and especially thank you to. Jonathan Bailey and Simone Ashley for their truly incredible acting and chemistry. You have this feel. You have made us yearn. You have made us. You have made us feel all the feels. You have made us feel all the feels. You've maybe made us better people. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Again, thank you so much to all of our eldest daughters, Film Society members, for being with us. <laughs> and we will see you next time. <laughs>